0: hi everyone and welcome to another episode of nutshell politics i'm your charming host justin kinney and i'm excited to be here with you guys now before we get into today's episode i actually have some very exciting news i'd like to share i recently have been working on my second novel and as of today it is officially published and released you can find it on amazon it's called splintered state and it is under my author name, J. Robert Kinney. So please go ahead and check that out. It is on a little bit of a discount today for Cyber Monday. And you can buy it for either paperback or for Kindle. So please, please go check that out. I'm really excited about it. I'm thrilled to finally have this book out there and publish It is my second book. I have another book that came out about two years ago called Precipice. You can also find that on Amazon. So if you get a chance today on Cyber Monday, please go check that out. I would really appreciate it. And with that, let's go ahead and get into today's episode. So today's episode is going to be a current event episode. We're going to talk about a big economic conference that took place last weekend, not over Thanksgiving, but the weekend prior to that. So there was something called the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation. This is an intergovernmental summit for 21 different countries uh, that are all members of this that are all around what's called the Pacific Rim, which is basically all of the countries that are around the Pacific Ocean. So this includes Canada, the United States, and Mexico. It includes Chile, China, Japan, also Australia, Indonesia, South Korea, the Philippines, russia vietnam and several others as well and so these are all countries that have some sort of stake essentially in trade across the pacific ocean and it's headquartered in singapore but this apec a-p-e-c is recognized as being the oldest forum for multilateral trade in the asian pacific region and it exerts a very high level of influence around the globe on on trade now this year it was held uh, just last weekend as i said and there were some interesting challenges this year Uh, for the very first time ever the leaders of this organization were unable to reach an agreement for some sort of joint statement at the end of the summit's closing. And so what usually happens every year is at the end of the summit, they release some sort of joint statement from all the leaders uh, that they have all agreed upon kind of outlining where they're going to go from here economically through trade purposes. But this year they were unable to do so. So we're going to talk a little bit about kind of why that was, what some of the issues are that are facing APEC and trade across the Pacific Ocean, And we'll talk a little bit about China, specifically, as they're one of the big players in this. And so let's go ahead and dive into it. So one of the main problems that happened at this summit, again, the first time this has ever happened, is that the U.S. and China really got into a bit of a, a fight these are two massive economies, two of the world's biggest economies. But recently with the Trump administration, they have gone on record as accusing China of certain things, particularly unfair trade practices. Uh, One of the big things they've really focused on is this idea that China has been trying to steal the intellectual property of companies that are based in the United States. And so this is one of the Driving factors of some of the tariffs that we have slapped on China recently in this kind of trade war that we've been undergoing. And in total, the tariffs have totaled somewhere in the neighborhood of like hundreds of billions of dollars. And so this has been a pretty big deal between the United States and China just recently, even outside of the summit. And so when they came together, apparently some fireworks went off between the United States and China. And the rumor is that the statement that we wanted released at the end of the summit openly condemned some of these unfair trade practices, which was a direct shot at China, and China didn't like that. And so they were unable to reach any sort of agreement. Now, I should mention the United States is not the only one to push back against China on some of these things. Japan and Australia have also joined forces to criticize China for some of these trade practices that they have. But ultimately this is causing a huge rift in two, or between, I should say, two of the major world economies. China came into this summit with their president, a man by the name of Xi Jinping, and he was really hoping to come away with a huge victory here, particularly soft power victory, which is economic victory as opposed to hard power, which would be military. And so they were really hoping to come away from this with a big, big uh, victory especially in the lines of public relations. And we'll talk about why that is in a minute. But they have had several major deals go through recently, and they're hoping to really capitalize on some of the PR of this. In particular, they lent uh, billions of dollars to to many of the Pacific Islands, hundreds of millions of dollars to to Papua New Guinea, which is where the summit was held this year. In particular, they're working to build Papua New Guinea's national road network. And this is just one of many gestures that China has really put out there for... That have been praised quite widely by many of these island countries, including Samoa, the Cook Islands, Fiji, Micronesia, etc. But this huge pushback by the United States and a couple of our allies in China, or in Japan, and Australia was, were done very publicly. And this probably led to at least what China would consider a partial defeat at the summit. And so, as I said, for the first time ever, the summit ended with the leaders failing to agree on some sort of joint statement about where we're moving forward from here. Now, one of the major Chinese initiatives that's been taking place recently is something called the Belt and Road Initiative. That's belt like you wear around your waist, B-E-L-T, and road initiative. Now, this is a huge, like massively large infrastructure plan that China has been working on. Papua New Guinea is part of this, but they also have infrastructure in 70 different countries across Asia, Europe, Africa, and all of Oceania. Um, This would be India, Pakistan, Poland, Turkey, New Zealand, Russia, etc. And so essentially they're building a massive network of railroads and shipping lanes across multiple continents. And so this is a huge infrastructure project that they're hoping to help fund and coordinate to connect a lot of the parts of this world. Now, sometimes this Belt and Road initiative is called One Belt, One Road, so you'll you'll hear it abbreviated as O-B-O-R, but this is more or less a 21st century version of the Silk Road from, you know, centuries ago across land, but they also have kind of a sea route as well, a maritime road, so the, the belt part of Belt and Road is about recreating the old Silk Road, and then the road part, ironically, is about ocean routes and not actual roads. And China has been really pushing for this initiative to enhance connectivity. I uh, hope and they, they claim to embrace a brighter future. But this is they've run into some pushback from some countries because it's seen as China really trying to gain a lot of influence in global affairs by building a trade network across multiple continents that's really centered around the Chinese economy. And the scope of this is so large. Again, spanning all the way from China uh, into Europe. There's actually one uh, freight train that they've already built that goes from China all the way to Finland. And they claim it's faster than going by sea and cheaper than going by air. It's a freight train, so they're transporting goods and things like that. But this is such a massive connectivity project that China is really trying to make a mark on the world in terms of soft power. In other words, they know they can't really compete militarily with some other countries like the United States or Russia. Now they do have the manpower, but they don't have the technology and the the training and everything to compete on that front. But they are able to compete economically because, again, their manpower allows them to produce at massively high rates. And so by constructing this system of connectivity, unifying markets, using cultural exchanges, integration, and taking advantage of some of these trading routes, China is really hoping to increase their influence in other parts of the world by building around their own economy. Now, the initial focus here has been on infrastructure, as I said, but we are seeing some expansion into things like automobile industry, power grids, iron and steel, education, and Most estimates on this basically think this Belt and Road Initiative is probably the largest infrastructure and investment project in all of human history. As I said, it goes over 70 countries, which includes 65% of the world's population, and well over a third, probably close to 40% of the global GDP, is part of these 70 countries. And ultimately what what the reason these countries are joining in is because they want to really accelerate their economic growth across both the asian pacific region but also central eastern europe into africa and really across the whole south asia as well through india and pakistan and some of those countries as of this point i believe the most recent estimate is it's about 900 billion dollars worth of projects I already mentioned the freight train from China to Finland. uh, Just a couple others. There's a gas pipeline they're working on in Pakistan. They're building a huge motorway in Hungary, a high speed rail through Thailand, and all of these things. Again, different regions of the world are about increasing connectivity. And we've actually seen a couple, say, war-torn countries try to join in too. Both Syria and Yemen have agreed to, at least partially agreed to, parts of this plan. In exchange, China is going to help them with their reconstruction as they're both going through civil wars right now. So China is basically offering reconstruction elements, but also other types of incentives for these countries to allow China to come in and build networks for them. And then obviously this gives China an in into these countries. It allows them to place people there to create jobs and to gain some sort of cultural and political influence as well in addition to the economic benefit that they would gain by having a, a Chinese-centric market across a large portion of the world. Now, the U.S. has responded to this. We're not a huge fan of the Belt and Road Initiative. We believe that... It's basically putting a lot of these countries into debt that ultimately will compromise their sovereignty because they make, it's something that they now owe to China. And China is able to control them and give them uh, and influence them to make certain decisions. And so we actually responded that, that when we try to make deals with our partners, this, this is not a direct quote, but it's a paraphrase, that we don't strap our partners with debt to compromise their sovereignty. And we're very concerned that China is doing this. China is probably the largest economy in the world. Uh, It definitely is by um, total GDP. We're still by far uh, higher than them in in, uh, per capita GDP. But total GDP, China passed us like a year or so ago. And so they, they they produce things like crazy. And they're looking for ways to get those products and goods out to the world. But the U.S. is very concerned with how China is going about this. Now, a couple of the other kind of land areas that they're working through. They're working on a, a Eurasian land bridge that runs from China into Russia, uh, going through through Kazakhstan, and they're actually building a railway that's going to run all the way from China through Russia and into Eastern Europe too, with Poland and Germany both being parts of this. We're seeing a, a maritime Silk Road. This is the, the road element of it, So some of these sea routes going through the South China Sea, the South Pacific Ocean, the wider Indian Ocean and essentially connecting Southeast Asia with North Africa, and going through all of the Oceania countries as well. Now, in addition to this, President Jinping has really, he, he's actually just more recently tried to strike a deal with Russia to build a what they're calling a Northern Sea Route, to, which would be essentially be through the Arctic region. They're calling it the Ice Silk Road. Now, there is a Chinese shipping company that has completed several like test trips or trial trips, with some arctic shipping routes but they're currently working with russia to try to cooperate and really advance some of the uh the cooperation on building infrastructure and construction in the arctic region for some shipping routes across the the arctic circle we're also seeing a handful of projects in specific countries as i mentioned you know pakistan Hungary, Thailand, but we're seeing it in East Africa as well. There was a cooperation agreement signed back in 2014 with Kenya to build a railway in Kenya. And and China is really pouring a ton of money into countries like this. There's also in Ethiopia and other parts of Africa. And in fact, uh, China has really taken a a particular interest, I would say, in Africa. And it's, it's interesting because they have more recently tried to pledge a lot of money there. Uh, they have something like a million Chinese people living in sub-Saharan Africa. And that recently they surpassed the United States and they have become the largest trading partner for the entire continent of Africa. Uh, they've also pledged $250 billion into Latin America. They're trying to gain kind of some influence on a foothold right on the doorstep of the United States. And China recently also tried to found what's called the AIIB, or the Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank, which was kind of a a multilateral bank that is supposed to essentially be the kind of counter to some of the more US-centric financial institutions like the WTO and the IMF and some of these international institutions. Now, this feud between the United States and China is likely to continue. As as I said, we've already been kind of going through a trade war with tariffs. If you're at all someone who's into stocks, you know that there's been a huge downturn in the market recently, probably at least in part due to this, as they kind of wait, wait it out to see what's going to happen next. And later this month, there's actually something called the G20 Summit. Now, the G20 Summit, or the Group of 20 Summit, is a, this big international forum for the governments, government representatives, as well as central bank governors from 20 of the largest economies both the industrialized, but also some developing economies to discuss a lot of key issues in the global economy. And so 20 countries from around the world, including like Argentina, Australia, Canada, China, Brazil, uh, the United States. The EU actually has their own kind of representative goes there. Mexico, South Africa, South Korea, Turkey, uh, Saudi Arabia, the United Kingdom. So these are from all over the world. And they basically get together and discuss policy pertaining specifically to international financial stability. And both China and the United States will be at this one, this most recent, or this upcoming one, uh, will be held very shortly in Buenos Aires, which is in Argentina. It takes place, it starts on November the 30th, so we'll start right at the end of this month, carry over into the first day of December as well. And it's thought that there will be an actual meeting between Donald Trump and Xi Jinping. Now, this APEC summit in Papua New Guinea, was not Donald Trump. Uh, Actually, Mike Pence was the representative there. So when Jinping and Trump meet at the G20 summit in just a few days, that will be a pretty huge deal as there could be some fireworks that spark from, from their meeting as well when they meet in Argentina. Now, this wasn't the only issue that cropped up at APEC. uh, There was actually another, i should say, a bit of a smaller issue, but kind of an interesting one because it also pertains to the United States uh, and something that took place here not that long ago. Because Australia, one of their their leaders has suggested that they might support the idea of moving their embassy in Israel to Jerusalem. Currently, it's in Tel Aviv. uh, And the United States, as we know, announced their intention to do so. Several other countries have followed suit. And Australia has announced that they are considering this as well. But this angered Indonesia. Indonesia is a Muslim country, mostly Muslim country, I should say. And they are essentially threatening to withhold their support for any sort of free trade deal that comes out of these summits until Australia clarifies their position on this and kind of backs down. And so we saw a few fireworks take place between Australia and Indonesia as well. Now, ultimately, at the end of this, Australia's prime minister gave kind of a A summary update. And he sounded very upbeat. He actually claimed the United States and China were getting closer to resolving this ongoing trade war. But there are a lot of thoughts that this was really just putting a a positive spin on what was a a troubling summit and some very difficult situations that came out of it. As I said, this is the very first time ever that the leaders have been unable to reach an agreement for some sort of joint statement. And so there's a lot of concern here that... The issues between the United States and China over economics and trade are more serious than we even thought, and there's a good chance that they may really come to a head at the G20 summit in just a handful of days. Now, uh, as this this is a forum between a lot of the major world economies, so there will be a lot of other very important people on the world economy stage there. And so there's a good chance that we will see things really come to a head between Donald Trump and Jinping in Argentina. Now, obviously, this is not the first time we've touched on some of the issues between the United States and China. We've talked about what happened when there was an encounter between two warships in the South China Sea not that long ago. There was a Chinese delegation that was supposed to make a trip to, to the US Capitol in DC recently, and they delayed and then ultimately canceled it. And so we've seen quite a few sparks that are threatening to kind of light light, light up and turn this into something worse. Uh, apparently the Chinese offered a list of concessions that they were willing to accept, but Trump has said that it was unacceptable. Now, he has also said that he believes that they can reach a deal with China before January 1st. January 1st is the date that a whole new round of tariffs will, will ultimately kick in and tax things much, much higher. So we could actually see things get worse before they get better if we don't get a deal done by January 1st. Especially as Mike Pence kind of warned during this Apex summit that the U.S. was not necessarily in a rush to to end this trade war, and that we are willing to do more if China does not change their ways. I believe Pence actually was quoted as saying, "The United States will not change course until China changes its ways." So ultimately, this huge summit that was kind of hoped to be a chance for Pence and Jinping to really sit down and talk and potentially resolve some of these issues ultimately concluded with. Nothing really being done and some potentially more fireworks not looming on the horizon with G20. Uh, so nothing was really concluded, but it was interesting, but also a little bit troubling. And so I think this is something we need to keep an eye on. Hopefully by the next time, or the next episode on this podcast, we will have some more details about how the G20 summit went. And so maybe we'll have an update there, see if we got any closer to ending the trade war and moving towards some sort of deal between the United States and China. But with that, I think we're about out of time, so I'm going to go ahead and close out the episode. Obviously, last week here in the United States was Thanksgiving, so I hope you had a wonderful time with that holiday celebrating with family and friends, eating lots of good food and watching football and all the other things that go along with with Turkey Day here in the United States. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this, today is a very exciting day for me with the book release of Splintered State. So please go check that out on Amazon. It is available both in Kindle and in paperback. And if you buy it today, you'll be getting a good deal as it is a Cyber Monday discount for you guys. Uh, so please check that out. And while you're at it, you can check out Precipice as well, which is my previous book that was released about two years ago. So please go to Amazon, find them, read the books, leave me a review, and let me know what you think. I'm really excited about this. This is a huge day for me, so I'm I'm pretty thrilled to be here uh, talking about this with you guys and hopefully this time next week i'll have some more updates for you both on the book as well as on the the g20 front and while you're checking out my book please go ahead and find me on twitter as well my handle is justin r underscore kinney you can also find me on facebook at j robert kinney which is that fiction novel author name that i use please follow me in both places that's where you'll get information related to me as well as future books and podcast information as well if you're interested in supporting me, supporting this podcast, or advertising on the podcast in any way, I am absolutely open to advertisements. I'm looking for something along those lines right now. So get in contact with me. You can also find my Patreon account. And I would be happy to talk with you more about any of those possibilities. But with that, we're going to go ahead and shut things down here. This is Nutshell Politics. My name is Justin Kinney. Thanks so much for listening. And I'm out in three, two, one. <laughs>